Welcome to the Don't Mute Me Show podcast. This is the man you love to love, the man you love to hate, Michael Mack. As always, follow me, personal Twitter, Chili Bowl Nom Nom, the show's Twitter handle, at Don't Mute Me Show. Shoot me an email, at Don't Mute Me Podcast at gmail.com. It's been a while, and I apologize. I'm a working man these days. I'm busy. I missed you all, but I am back, ready to record, ready to give my thoughts. Big weekend in Indy, NBA playoffs. Let's talk top five players in the NBA. Paul George watch. But I want to start with this weekend in Indy, Gay Pride week in Indianapolis. Huge weekend. Big parade on Saturday. And if you've never been, I encourage you to check it out. Now, I love the gays because the gays know how to party. The gays don't give a shit. They will come out in full force. supposed to be 80, 90 degrees and sunny. It's going to be a hot one per usual. There will be jock straps, glitter, body paint. And what I've found out and realized of hanging with the gays. The gays usually have money. They love to party. The gays can drink anyone I know under the table. They'll dance your ass under the table. Most of them are in shape because as one gay guy told me, we're all vain and the only way to attract another gay male is to be in shape and on point. And I respect the hell out of that. So again, a big party on Saturday here for the gays. Gay pride. Wear your tank tops. Wave those rainbow flags. I'm all for it. We don't discriminate here at the Don't Mute Me show. Live and let live. Love and let love. If two men want to make out with each other in a bar, who am I to say no? I've made out with some chicks at a bar. No one said anything to me. So, hey, Jordan Shrug, what are you going to do, you know? Again, who am I to judge? So I'd encourage you all to go. I believe it starts at 10, ends on Mass Ave. It is a huge party, a lot of drink specials. DJs will be out. If you're looking for something to do during the day, day drinking should be a great weekend for that. Encourage you to take in the festivities. Now let's talk NBA playoffs. The Golden State Warriors are steamrolling over everyone in their path, looking to become the greatest postseason NBA playoff team in history by going, what is it, 16-0 in the playoffs, undefeated. Now the conspiracy theory in me says that Golden State mails in game four and lets Cleveland win one so they can go back to Oakland, California for game five and win it in front of their home crowd. And I heard, or I read somewhere that each playoff home game for an NBA owner makes them about a million dollars. So the conspiracy theory in me says... They're going to half-ass it tomorrow, go through the motions, 
you know, if they get down, they may not put 100% effort in. They know they're going back home for game five. Pretty much controlled most of the series. Even when Cleveland was up in game three, they took over in the last two minutes. But what makes it tough about betting that game is that they blew a 3-1 to lead last year to the Cavs. So they know what happens when you let off the gas. Draymond Green kicks someone in the balls. How quickly that can change a series. You know, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Slim Reaper, the Durantula, maybe twist an ankle or something could change the series. So part of me thinks maybe they'll just want to close it out, become the first team ever to go 16-0 in the playoffs. But then I see the other side as well, where they want to win it at home. Owner would like another million-dollar paycheck in his pocket. But we'll see. It's a tough one to bet. I think the line's anywhere from 3-6, to six, depending on when you get it, for Golden State. LeBron looks tired which I know has been the narrative. He looks worn down. And how people say, how can he be tired? He took games off during the regular season. He rested for this. But that's not the point. The point is, in any single game, we're all human beings. We all get tired. Football, basketball, you know, you exert that kind of energy. Regardless of how many games you took off, regardless of how much rest you've had, You know, in basketball, it's about picking your spots on when to go full speed. Certain defensive plays, you can relax a little bit, catch your breath. But I think Tyron Lue's got to do a better job of obviously LeBron needs to stay on the floor. Why not call back-to-back timeouts? Call a timeout right before a TV timeout. Things like that. Get him two, three, four, five minutes rest that way instead of pulling him out of actual game playing time. Because it's obvious when LeBron's not on the floor, the Cavaliers have no shot. Tristan Kardashian-Thompson has been a no-show. Steph Curry's out-rebounding him, I believe, for the series, which is ridiculous. But again, he's LeBron's boy. He's represented by LeBron's agency. And again, LeBron is the GM of the Cavaliers, so he can't badmouth his teammates, can't badmouth the team that he's put together. Now, it worked out last year. They won the title. But this year, with Golden State adding Durant, it's obviously been the toughest task of his career. People say, well, is it fair? How could Durant do that? Durant took the easy way. Let's not forget that Golden State is drafted extremely, extremely well. Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, they drafted those players. So it's not like they built their whole team around free agency. That they just cherry-pick guys to come play for them. So when you draft really well, and you get those guys early in their career, you don't have to pay them max salaries yet. Durant takes a little less money to go from Oklahoma City out to California. Joins a powerhouse already. And Durant's what? Top two or three player in the league? Which, which gets me into my next kind of debate here. Who are the top five players in the NBA? Obviously, if you're drafting, you go LeBron one. And then there's been a debate, who do you pick number two? 
it's usually between Kawhi Leonard or Kevin Durant. And if you're watching these finals, a lot of people are leaning towards Durant right now. Almost seven feet tall, can bring the ball up, can shoot, can defend if needed. But let's not forget Kawhi Leonard. Every bit of a scorer that Durant is, maybe not to the clip of shooting, but can get to the bucket, is a better defender than Durant. And let's not forget that the Spurs were up 25 on Golden State with Kawhi Leonard playing. Now, I know they got swept. He goes out, they get beat. But let's say you're picking, you're picking your top five. Who would you put in your top five? So I'd go LeBron, KD, Kawhi. And then four and five is interesting. Do you go Steph Curry in there? James Harden, Russell Westbrook, MVP finalists. What about the Greek Freak is in there? He's jumped up, especially after this past season. He's somewhere in the top 10. Kyrie Irving, top 10 player. You know, you've got all these athletes. Paul George is probably somewhere 10, borderline top 10 player. Jimmy Butler's up there. You know, Gordon Hayward's probably top 15 player. You know, what about Carl Anthony Towns? He's for sure top 10, maybe close to top 5. So I'd like to hear what people's thoughts are for their top 5. I would go probably right now LeBron, Kawhi, Kevin Durant, I would go Russell Westbrook 4, and maybe Carl Anthony Towns 5. And then, you know, rounding out the top 10, you've got Carl Anthony Towns, or uh, Jimmy Butler, Paul George, Greek Freak, those types of guys that can fill it up on any night. So I'd be interested to hear what your guys' top 5 are. It's an interesting debate, interesting conversation you can have. But I think everyone in general for top three players, it's got to be LeBron, KD, Kawhi in some order, in some fashion. Not sure there's much debate there. But again, you could. You could make arguments for a lot of those players. So it'll be interesting to see. And we enter the summer here in a week or so of the Paul George watch to see what he does. I did see Paul George got his girlfriend, baby mama, whatever you want to call her. She's expecting baby number two, which people say, what an idiot. Didn't he learn the first time? You know, NBA players, no common sense. But maybe, you know, heaven forbid, maybe they like each other. Maybe they work things out. You know, maybe Paul George wants a family, wants to be a father, wants to be, you know, a good role model. You know, who knows? Maybe it's not stupidity. Maybe he's looking to do the right thing. Really likes the girl. So before we jump on Paul George about that, think of it in those terms. Again, this is this is the loving podcast, the live and let live, the love and let love podcast for Pride Week. But again, you could probably debate that as well. But we'll see what happens. We'll see if Paul George makes it to a Pacers uniform next season. Again, I reported earlier that I believe he'll be traded this summer. But now the question is, where does he go? 
L.A., obviously, what if Boston puts together a three-year deal for him? What if LeBron James comes calling and says, hey, come play with Cleveland for a three- or four-year deal, put you around age 30, you can get paid again. Go maybe out west of the Lakers once they've figured it out. Some of the younger players have gotten older, more mature, better. But it'll be interesting. Cleveland obviously needs to get younger. They're like the Pacers. They've got older guys with bad contracts. You know, J.R. Smith's getting paid. He's a starter. He's bringing you nothing. Much like the Pacers with Al Jefferson, as we've discussed before. Monte Ellis, terrible contracts. Guys that are old. Not going to give you what they have in the past. Overpaid for him. Trying to appease Paul George to keep him here. But we'll see what happens. It'll be an interesting uh, summer, especially uh, for Pacer fans to see what happens with Paul George, see if he makes it to a Pacers uniform next season. Let's shift over to college football real quick. Big news out of Oklahoma. Bob Stoop steps down, quote-unquote retires. I believe he's 56 years old, so he's not old. He's not an old guy. Some people don't believe he's fully retired you know, but if you know a little bit of the Stoops family history, his dad, the Stoops family comes from a line of coaches. His dad actually had a heart attack, I believe, during a high school game. He was coaching and died and at like 52, maybe 54 years old. And from what I've heard, one of my buddies, Brandon Dickinson, his family's connected with the Oklahoma football program. They used to live out there. His dad went there. Knows some boosters out there. And I asked him, what's the deal with Stoops? And from everything I've heard, is Stoops was just burnt out. You know, he's been at Oklahoma for 18 years. College football coaches are a grind. You know, it's a year-round job to recruit. I think this past season with the Joe Mixon saga took a lot out of him. People questioning his morals, questioning why he would do that, why he would bring somebody like that back on campus, all the above. Maybe pain-in-the-ass boosters were complaining about things. You know, who knows? There's a lot of things that a college football coach has to deal with on a day-to-day basis. So it'll be interesting to see how the chips fall. They've got a 33-year-old, uh, forget Lincoln Riley, I believe is his name, that they promoted from the offensive coordinator. But again, imagine 33 years old, being the head coach of Oklahoma. It's a year older than me, actually less than a year older. I'll be 33 in July, taking over a top 10 college football program and the pressures that comes with it. Now, people say, big game, Bob. You know, they always said that in quotes. I always joked about it. Couldn't win the big ones. The teams always fell short. Let's not forget, just a few years ago, Oklahoma took it to Alabama in a bowl game. And I've always thought, Bob Stoops may have lost a lot of BCS bowl games, which, by the way, his bowl record was 9-9 nine and nine in 18 years. But remember, he may have lost a lot of those big-game bowl games, but he still got to those big-name bowl games, and that's big payday for the university and the program. So in order to lose a lot of those big games, you have to get to a lot of those big games. So let's not act like... Bob Stoops was a uh, you know, middle-of-the-road coach. Probably borderline top-five coach. 
top 10 for sure. So it'll be interesting to see what Oklahoma does. Big time job. Um, people think maybe it's the Urban Meyer route. Takes a year or two off for health reasons. Maybe just needs to recharge. So any college football job that opens after this year, what are the top two names that are going to be mentioned at the big time programs? Bob Stoops, Chip Kelly. Both of those names out there, free agents, if you will. You know, what if Florida has a bad year? What if Notre Dame has another bad year? Is Brian Kelly out? Do they try to go for that? You know, it'll be interesting to see what happens. College basketball, big news, Thad Mata retires, steps down, health issues as well. Looks like they may be zeroing in on Fred Hoiberg, possibly. Coach McDermott from Creighton, his name was supposedly a high on their list. He tweeted out that he's happy with where he is, and I saw some of these Oklahoma beat writers floating out ridiculous names. You know, they might as well have asked if Adolph Rupp or Bob Knight or John Wooden could come out and coach him. And because they waited, they probably could have had Archie Miller, Ohio guy. You know, so the timing of that's a little weird. But then people said, well, maybe Ohio State sways Archie Miller from IU. Well, that's just ridiculous. First off, he's not going to move his family again. He's in the midst of recruiting for upcoming seasons. He just got himself settled at IU. I actually saw his wife posted that they were on vacation right now. He's not going to Ohio State. People try to say, well, the Ohio State basketball job is better than the IU basketball job. Absolutely not. One's at a football school. Another's at a basketball school. Talk about money. Athletic program Ohio State brings in. Money for IU basketball is no object. You know, if you looked at what the budget was for Crean's recruiting, it was off the charts for college recruiting. I mean, the, the lack of funds and facilities is not an issue in Bloomington, Indiana. So, you know, maybe because Ohio State lagged, waited too long, they could have had probably Archie Miller, but now they can't. But... You know, they'll need a big-time hire here because it is a good job. Top five, Big Ten job. You know, debatable. Some have said maybe top three because of facilities, fan base, you know, the ability to pay, all that good stuff that can be debated. Fred Hoiberg would be a good hire if he wants it. But I'm surprised they didn't have somebody locked up before they made the announcement. Usually you don't fire or ask a guy like that Modder to step down. Unless you've got somebody ready to go. Because it was like when Jim Trestle left Ohio State. They had Urban Meyer already locked up. There was a handshake agreement behind the scenes. Before they even announced Jim Trestle was leaving, they already knew Urban Meyer was going to be the coach. So you let a guy like that leave, and all of a sudden you've opened it up to where you're not sure you've got your guy? Seems silly to me. You never fire a guy unless you have the replacement in place, ready to go. Especially a guy of that caliber. So it'll be interesting to see what Ohio State does. The Big Ten just getting better. Coaching-wise, basketball and football-wise, 
the Big Ten has been really solid on picking up top-tier coaches. So the, the, the Big Ten as a conference has to feel pretty good about themselves on where the football and basketball programs are and the amount of coaching talent, the amount of player talent they've been able to bring in you know, these last few seasons. So it'll be interesting. Again, there's a lot of things going on. You know, it's kind of the, after the NBA Finals, you've got the quote-unquote dog days of summer for Major League Baseball, which they're going to need a few more um, brushbacks, a few more bench-clearing brawls. Maybe Bryce Harper charges the mound again. Aaron Judge for the Yankees continues to rake, which it doesn't hurt that. He's like a Frank Thomas clone, you know, being six foot seven, 260 pounds, however big he is. Just dwarfs the other baseball players. But again, baseball season's so long. It's in the early stages. You can't really make anything out of it yet. Kind of got an idea of who the great teams are. Houston Astros, unbelievable run right now. But those teams sitting at 500 people say, well, they're just going to be 500 the rest of the year. Maybe, but it just takes one good month to go, you know, 18 and 8 a month or so. And next thing you know, you're back in the pennant race. You know, you're fighting for a playoff spot. You know, you get some pitchers back from the DL. Whatever it may be, a couple batters get hot. I mean, who knows? It's a long season. You know, it's a war of attrition, if you will. Who stays healthy, who doesn't. All of that good stuff. So, a lot of things going on. I think we're all ready for the NFL season to start as well. Again, the Colts... I've heard Malik Hooker uh, is back lifting weights, still ready to go for training camp, which is good news. A thing that is concerning, though, is Andrew Luck. People around town, uh, apparently he was at Chatham Tap last weekend watching one of the soccer finales. And I don't know if you've seen a couple of the photos the Colts have tweeted out about Andrew Luck's book club. My man has lost a lot of weight, and people said he looks very thin in person. Because he can't lift weights because of that shoulder. That's a little concerning. You know, part of what has kept Luck, even in the amount of games that he's played, and we we all know he's missed games because of injury, but he's usually 230, 240 pounds. Now it looks like he's lost 20 or 30 pounds, which scares me. Now hopefully the offensive line is better than last year, but he can't be taking hits. He just can't. You know, and at 240 pounds, he was getting injured. I would hate to see around 200 pounds, you know, him taking a beating like that. So hopefully, you know, he gets some Big Macs in his system. Maybe they're pounding him with protein shakes or something to try to get his weight back up. And I understand it's difficult because he can't really lift or do anything. But Andrew Luck is not looking physically well right now. Now, again, if his shoulder's fine come training camp or... Start of the season week one, maybe it's all for naught. But, you know, physically, he he's just, he's not looking, not looking the part right now. And again, I'm sure we've all noticed the Colin Kaepernick saga continues. Everybody up in arms about why he can't, can't get a backup job. You know, but the thing we've never heard from his agent or anything is, how much money is Colin Kaepernick demanding? Because as a backup quarterback, remember Colin Kaepernick opted out of San Francisco. So, 
you know, as a backup quarterback, he's going to probably have to take three, four, five million bucks, and that's pretty hefty for a backup. But, you know, people said, well, he's being blackballed because of his kneeling for the anthem and whatnot, and people want to make him out as a patriot and all that good stuff. But let's not also forget that Colin Kaepernick then followed up the kneeling for the anthem wearing a Fidel Castro shirt. Remember, he had the socks on with the pigs dressed as cops. So let's not act like, you know, he's a choir boy for the First Amendment professing his rights. The Fidel Castro shirt and the socks where the pigs are dressed as cops is just asinine, just stupid. Which kind of, to me, showed me all that I needed to know about what Colin Kaepernick was about. So we, again, we don't know what his salary demands are. You know, again, you've got all these rich, mostly white, I believe maybe they're all white owners. And a lot of states that voted red. And if you think season ticket holders are going to be happy with Colin Kaepernick being on their team, I mean, I think you're out of your mind. They hear that. They know their fan base. They know their ticket base. And if Seattle wouldn't sign him and one of the few heavy liberal places in the NFL. I'm not sure where he's going to go. Now, again, it's still early. You know, we still don't know. Training camp, quarterbacks could get hurt, all that. So I think he will be signed at some point. But to say he's being blackballed is ridiculous. When your off-the-field antics outweigh your on-the-field production, and people say, well, he threw 16 touchdowns, four interceptions, blah, 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 blah. His QBR rating, and again, that's not the quarterback rating. The ESPN QBR rating was like 55, which is well below the league average. Tells you he's a backup quarterback. And I don't care what he's done in the past. Took the 49ers, this, that, and the other, Super Bowl, NFC title game, blah, 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 blah. They also had Jim Harbaugh as the coach, who clearly can elevate a team in the quarterback play. You know, he took Michigan, had Ohio State beat, and their quarterback was not worth a damn. So don't think that Jim Harbaugh effect didn't have any effect on how Colin Kaepernick played, the plays that were called, the system they ran for Colin Kaepernick's skills. So, again, something to watch for. The Twitter, you know, you've got people on both sides, blah, 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 blah. Colin Kaepernick will be signed by some team. Just let the chips fall. See what injuries happen. Somebody will pick him up for a backup role. And then you'll see many more articles about how he should have been signed earlier. He's finally getting his chance. And yada, yada, yada. So, be interesting to hear you guys' thoughts. Let me know. As always, hit me up. At Chili Bowl Nom Nom. The show, at Don't Mute Me Show. Again, I missed you guys. I apologize that I haven't been podcasting more often. Again, I'm a full-time worker now, so hopefully there won't be as much of a delay in my post here soon. Maybe get a guest on here. Uh, maybe get my brother on the next podcast, see what he has to say. Could have a friendly debate or two, talk about some things, see what's going on. But again, hit me up. Personal Twitter, shows Twitter. Again, this is the Don't Mute Me Show. I am the man you love to love, the man you love to hate, Michael Mack. Appreciate you all listening. Hope you have a great weekend. Get out to the Pride Parade.
get outside to a patio, enjoy some beers, and uh, as always, keep it real, homies.